As you likely know, one of the most important texts in all of yoga history and philosophy is the Yoga Sutra, written about 2,000 years ago by Patanjali. And it's a bunch of very short phrases. And one of those phrases is about contentment. And it says that from contentment comes all happiness. And since then, there have been many commentaries on the Yoga Sutra to define what they mean. And one of the most definitive and authoritative is by Vyasa. And it says in his interpretation of this, there exists a joyful and satisfied mind regardless of one's environment that is within you. Whether one meets with pleasure or pain, profit or loss, fame or contempt, success or failure, sympathy or hatred, this inner state is the santosha or contentment that he's talking about. It's joyful, satisfied, free of any external circumstances, pleasure, pain, high, low, craving, aversion. We can find santosha from the Sanskrit sam, meaning completely or fully, and tosha, meaning all together. So often what happens is we're not all together, and things pull us in many different directions, and we feel scattered and anxious and overwhelmed, afraid, worried, insecure. All these things are normal and part of the human experience. And in yoga, it's suggesting that there is a place within us that we don't need to go anywhere to get it. We don't need to buy anything to get it. Nobody can give it to us. People can point us towards it, and we can be reminded of it. We can get reflections of it. But ultimately, it's got to come from within, and that is santosha. And from contentment comes all happiness. So if we're looking for peace of mind, happiness, and fulfillment, which I think we all are in some degree, and everything we're doing is some version of seeking that, then going towards santosha. And what does that mean? How do we practice that? How do we practice contentment? How can I start doing this today, even if I don't feel like it, even if I feel very discontent and very skeptical of this whole thing. So I'm going to suggest a few things you can do to practice contentment today, starting with appreciating what you have. And I believe, and from my own experience, when you appreciate what you have, what you have appreciates in value. So it starts by just looking around your space right now. Where are you at? What's something in your environment that you appreciate? What's something that maybe there was like a time where you really wanted this thing, like this new home or this new job or this new car or this computer or this relationship. You really wanted it and now it's here. And there was that sort of discontent of seeking it, of trying to get it. There was that sort of friction of, am I going to get this thing? Is it going to happen? Am I going to do this thing? And now it's done. So noticing one thing in your environment right now that you're appreciative and as you appreciate that one thing, what you, uh, how you feel about it, what you think about it starts to be more positive and more of this contentment kind of thinking, more of like, I have enough, I am enough, I've done enough. And then everything on top of that is not coming from this scarcity mentality or this fear mentality or survival mentality of I need more or, or even greed or craving, I need to get this thing and then I'll feel happy which never works, of course. And the more you put it outside of yourself, now you're saying that for me to be happy, I need to go get this thing or do that thing. So happiness is on the other side of that thing. But what you're actually telling yourself is that happiness is on the other side of something. And that something will keep changing. 
It might be a new relationship, then you've got it. All right, well, happiness is not in the relationship. It's on the other side of getting that relationship. But now I've got the relationship, so now happiness moves over here. It's on the other side of getting that job. And then you get the job, and then the happiness moves over here. It's on the other side of moving into that new home or starting this new YouTube channel or writing this book or whatever it is for you. It's always going to be another obstacle in the way from the happiness. It's a discontent. And that's what's making you keep moving forward to get these things to maybe get fulfillment. But it's actually that process of needing something to get fulfillment that is the issue. And Santosha suggests that we don't need something to get fulfillment. In fact, you could have everything. And you've probably met people like this. And you probably know of people like this who get everything. And they have everything. And they're still not content. Right? They don't have that completely altogether Sam Tosha of the Sanskrit root. So how do we do that? Well, it starts with appreciating what you have around you. And then that sort of saying you've probably heard, it's not getting what you want. It's wanting what you've got. So appreciating everything in your environment, even the things that you don't think you want. And this was something that was really challenging for me a few years ago. So I grew up without ever meeting my father, right? That's a big obstacle, a big external thing that seems really difficult. And it was. So there was challenges to do with it. And in my early 20s, I began really working on this and processing this. And ultimately coming to the conclusion that if I didn't have that experience, I wouldn't have had this other experience that I really enjoyed. And this other experience that made me a better person and so on to be who I am now, which I'm actually very happy and grateful for who I am. And it just would not have happened if I had a different upbringing. Sure, it could have been better, but it's not what happened, right? So anytime we argue with what is, we create discontent because it's what's there. And the more we fight with it, the more discontent will be because that's not changing that I didn't have a father growing up. I can't change that. There's nothing I can do about it. I've done blood tests. I've sought the, the things that I can do, you know, try to find the person. But beyond that, it's nothing I can do. It's what happened. It's what is. So how can I find an inner sense of contentment no matter what happened externally? And ultimately coming to that conclusion that I wouldn't be who I am without it. And I've had a lot of amazing personal growth and I love who I am now. And I'm grateful for who I am because I've practiced this appreciation, which I didn't have for a long time. And I will say, it, it took me a long time to practice it. And it started with gratitude journaling. So that's what I started doing years ago when I was in a depression and really struggling with a lot of things. I just started writing every day three things that I was grateful for. And it became that now every day I was sort of looking for three things to write in my list. And of course, I wound up having way more than three things because once you, know, once you start looking, you'll start to find it. And it became overwhelming how many things I was grateful for. And now it's sort of infused my thinking of everything I feel grateful for. And you know, there's of course times where I feel off and I, I don't always feel that gratitude and I forget and I get angry and I get afraid and all these things are all human. That's not meaning that we have to bypass all that or that it doesn't exist, but that we get to choose what we focus on. And that's really the ultimate teaching of all of yoga. We get to choose what we focus on. We don't get to choose what we think, right? That's sort of a misunderstanding of the whole teaching. We can't actually stop negative thoughts. We can redirect them. And over time, we will build the neural pathways where it becomes easier to think positive and empowering thoughts. 
but we can't actually erase them. We can't say, I'm never going to think that again. And as soon as you say, I'm never going to think of a pink elephant, well, you're thinking of a pink elephant. So rather than push thoughts away or try to resist thoughts or say, that's bad, that's shameful, I can't do that, I'll never do that, we just focus on what we do want. And we focus on, this thing is going well, I want to do more of that. And this thing I appreciate about my body, I love that about myself. I have that, right? I have experience if you're older, you have youth if you're younger, right? Wherever you're at, there's something about you that you can find to appreciate. And that would be the sort of next step I recommend, not just appreciating one thing in your environment, but now doing a regular gratitude practice. And it's got to be authentic, right? This is where it's kind of tricky because you can't just force it and say, oh, I'm grateful for my home. I'm grateful for food today. Like you've got to really find the things like, wow, that was cool, right? The things that you really actually appreciate. And this requires going maybe sometimes out of your comfort zone to find things like for me, it was, I was depressed and stuck and there were some things I knew I needed to do, like go handle this responsibility, pay for this bill. Doing those simple sort of tedious things actually felt really relieving in that state when I was really down and it felt like I was making progress and it felt like I was growing and just small little acts like buying organic food when I know it's better for me when I you know was growing up in a completely different world where we never talked about organic food at all so just to make that one step of like choosing to eat something a little healthier or choosing to get a little more sleep or drink a little more water and those things that have to be genuinely real appreciation. And that sometimes means going outside of your comfort zone, of trying something new, of sort of breaking up your routine, because that's really what we're doing to create contentment. And we're programmed for a very young age to pay attention to the kicks commercials and the Fruit Loops and the Power Rangers and the Ninja Turtles and buy this and buy that. And if you have this, you're cool. If you don't have that, you're not cool. Gak. Pogs, if you're in my age group, you know what I'm talking about. Got to have those things to be cool. Uh, Hungry Hippos, right? All those games and as a kid. Like, we're just bombarded. We know all these brands, Nike, Wendy's, Dairy Queen. Like, all these brands are just, like, embedded in our brain all the time. And then we just drive down streets that are full of advertisements and storefronts to buy these things. And you think, well, uh, you know, I don't feel very good today, but, you know, you see a commercial that sort of, makes you laugh or has something fun, like the advertisements are really, really good and they pull you in and you think, okay, well, if I do this thing, then I'll feel happy, right? So now you're not completely all together. Uh, You're basically sort of together and sort of pulled and pushed by the buttons of the really effective media and the really effective marketing campaigns. So instead, you get to choose which buttons you let be pushed and you get to be the sort of person in the back, a couple inches behind you that says, all right, what am I going to respond to? Oh, I notice I'm being triggered here. I notice I'm being pulled there. I notice that's pushing a button. Uh, And then when you notice it, you have a choice. Am I going to play out that path? Am I going to go down that path and do that thing, that repetitive pattern? Or am I going to choose something different? And often it's really difficult in the beginning. And one way you can imagine your neural pathways is like, uh, I'm from Minnesota, when you go sledding down a snowy hill, the first time there's not quite a sort of pathway for the sled and you kind of move a little bit and then you go down, you go back up. Next time you come down, you're going to go down probably that same track and you keep doing it and you keep coming down. Eventually you've kind of burrowed your way down into this one track 
And that's what happens in our minds. And of course, from our childhood, we're sort of infused with these pathways and they're embedded in our brain where we're being led down these singular tracks. And sometimes they're helpful and oftentimes we might want to choose new tracks at different points in life. So just like that snowy snow sled analogy, to go down a new track without veering back onto the old one is not easy. And sometimes you've got to wait for new snowfall, right? You've got to take time. And it's just the repetition of going down this new track. Eventually the sled will go down that new track and you have created that new neural pathway where your brain can tend towards appreciation and gratitude and choosing to focus on what you want to create. And oftentimes it means going outside of your comfort zone, like I mentioned, and doing something a little bit risky and a little bit scary. And that's got that little bit of excitement to it. And then on the other side of it, it's like I've done something that feels authentic and I feels real to me and I feel gratitude for it. And I didn't need to go somewhere and get something or be something I'm not. I just became more of who I am. And listen to that little voice of intuition that says, go here, don't go there, trust yourself, do this thing, don't do that thing. And then we notice our cravings and aversions that are sort of pulling us, like pulling the strings, like, ooh, do this, eat the candy, that's really fun and exciting, you'll get the dopamine rush. Or, ooh, don't go there, that's scary, people will judge you and criticize you. Don't be bold, right, don't take that risk. So we are aware of all of these thoughts, these cravings, these aversions, these patterns, these external forces pulling us, and we're still completely all together, right? Centered and calm like the eye of a storm. So it can all move around us, but we come back to that complete center, Sam Tosha. So to do that, be aware of what you appreciate, practice genuine gratitude, Go outside of your comfort zone. Do things that feel bold and authentic to you. Be yourself. Ask for what you want. State who you are. Stand up for what you believe in. Not for what other people want you to believe in. Not for what people are pulling you or trying to sell you. Right? If you want to buy something and it's coming from this genuine, authentic place, great. If you want to support a cause that's from a genuine, authentic place, that's really good. Then follow those things. Right? And then more and more you become very clear this feels like alignment, completely all together, and something else feels like being pulled or avoiding. And you start to notice, where am I being pulled? Where am I avoiding? Where are the habitual patterns? And then where can I choose to come back to center? And the part of you that, the only way that you can even notice those things is because you have that Atman, the true self, the sort of part of you a couple inches back observing all of this. Like, what words am I going to say next? What words should I say that are going to be more effective? Right? We get to choose what we say, what we do, and which thoughts to focus on. Don't get to choose which thoughts we have, but we get to choose which thoughts we focus on. And then just like the sled, just like the neural pathway, over time, those thoughts become more automatic. And the negative, pessimistic, destructive, and craving and aversion thoughts become less automatic because we just don't go there anymore. And we don't say, I'm not going to go there. We don't push it away. That would be aversion. Right? We just focus on what we do want. And the more and more we do that, the more and more we have to do that with. What we appreciate, when we appreciate what we have, what we have appreciates in value. And from a yoga perspective, when we become aware of our dharma, our purpose, that becomes easier. Why, why are we here? Right? What have you learned and how have you grown in your life? Who helped you? How did they help you? What transformations did you have 
you're probably going to be doing something of significance where you help others have that same transformation because we're all helping each other out back towards source. So what transformations have you had? This is another thing you can look at. How have you grown? What personal growth process have you been going through? And how can you help others have a similar result? And then finally, noticing the, culti- the, the fluctuations of my cultivating this awareness of yoga, chitta, vritti, narodaha. This is the main teaching of the Yoga Sutra, the source text of yoga. Noticing the fluctuations of the mind, because that's when we're craving aversion, craving aversion, like, dislike, hot, cold, positive, negative, right? All of that, high vibes only, be realistic, right? All of these polarities are just fluctuations of the mind. And you can choose to focus on one or the other. You can say, I'm going to be high vibes only. You can say, those people are fake and unrealistic. I'm going to be practical and real, right? So you're just picking different sides of the polarity. And you get to choose, do I want to pick a side? Do I want to be left wing, right wing? Do I have to be central? Do I have to pick a side, right? So we can choose all of that. We can just observe it and choose how to respond to it. And sometimes you might have opinions that fall in column A and column B. And maybe you're not having to just be polarized, but the media and everything external loves to polarize us and loves to get us to be in those fluctuations where we're more easily distracted and more easily misled from our true selves. Yoga is all about coming back to your true self. So I hope this podcast helps you find a little clarity and a little support for how you can come back to your center and be more completely all together and find contentment and santosha, right? So again, appreciation for what you have, gratitude, uh, doing this as a regular practice, the gratitude journaling, noticing the fluctuations of the mind, noticing where you're being polarized and remembering your dharma, your purpose, why you're here and choosing things that are in alignment with that, which could be physical material possessions, it could be experiences, could be relationships, work, Whatever it is, finding what's in alignment for you. So if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, like, comment below, and subscribe. And hope you have a great rest of your week.